Okay, I'm going to tell you about the three groups of Democrats. And one of these groups are going to decide the future of the Democratic Party and decide uh, the future possibly of the country. And then I want to tell you the three reasons why Donald Trump is going to be reelected. Now, this is speaking of today. Anything could happen. We could have a an economic collapse. Uh, we could have you know war breakout. Lots of things could happen. But lots of things could happen on the Democratic side as well, especially if Joe Biden is your is your horse. That thing could fall apart. I mean, he's not looking, you know, the 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 best uh, and uh, hasn't been performing well in debates. OK, well, Bernie Sanders or or Elizabeth Warren or Pete Buttigieg. Let me tell you why these people will not win. There are three groups of Democrats. And really, when you come down to it, there is only one group that is a traditional Democrat. First, you have the socialist revolutionaries. These are the people that have always been on the outside. They have not had a party. They're communist, socialist, revolutionaries. They are people like Bernie Sanders that have never really had a home. Now, those socialist revolutionaries were brought into the party uh, beginning back in the 1980s when they decided they really needed a coalition. They started bringing them in, but they were always kept at arm's length. Back in the early 2000s, they started bringing these real revolutionaries in to fight against George W. Bush. The people that did not necessarily vote for Democrats ever, but they were communists, they were socialists, they were literal revolutionaries. People like Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn. These people were always on the fringe of society or just under the radar, but then they were embraced to fight George W. Bush. And I warned at the time, you think you're using them? <laughs> They've been waiting for this moment. They, in the end, are going to destroy you. And they'll destroy you before they destroy the, Demo or the Republican Party. So there's your first group of voters. They want radical change and nothing American. They do not want the Constitution. They don't want the guaranteed protections. They want, um, they want not equal justice. They want social justice. They want redistribution of wealth. All of the stuff that Barack Obama was, you know, accused of because of the people he surrounded himself with and said, no, 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 that's crazy talk. Well, it's not because here they are. The second group is the is the new, uh, if you will, uh, progressive liberal corrupt establishment. These were the people that started really kind of, you know, with FDR. Uh, they they bastardized the word liberal, but they were still kind of holding on to things like the ACLU and say, no, we're for freedom of speech. But really, they weren't. But it, it was close enough to where most people didn't understand. And nobody wanted to believe that all of these politicians were as corrupt as they were. Now we know these politicians are absolutely corrupt. And I'm not just saying the Democrats, Republicans are too. Just corrupt. And they're not in it for anybody but them.
and their family, apparently. And they can get rich a million different ways, and they do not want their power to end. But they're progressive liberals, and they don't want to really upset the apple cart. They'd like enough of a revolution to where it's not so hard trying to keep elect, you know, keep electing the same people over and over again. They'd like that to happen. And then there's the third category. And I think this is the majority of Americans. And the majority of Democrats. They're the forgotten Democrat. They're the ones that are looking for, dare I say it, hope and change. The reason why Barack Obama's hope and change worked is because almost everyone was looking for hope and change. I was looking for hope and change. I was tired of the Bush administration. I was tired of the backroom deals. I was tired of being lied to. I was tired of the never-ending wars. I was tired of the out-of-control spending. I was tired of being talked down to and called, you know, not being a patriot if you weren't for the Patriot Act. I wanted hope and change, too. But when Barack Obama offered it, a lot of people just heard that and they thought, yeah, he's saying what I believe. That's why I've always said you have to really understand who you're standing next to, who you're supporting, because they might say all the right things. Barack Obama capitalized on hope and change, but his hope and change required fundamental transformation of the United States of America. Now, there's a difference between revolution and restoration. I want a restoration of what was right with America while getting rid of those things that are wrong with America. Corruption. The out-of-control spending where no one is held responsible for anything. I want a fair justice system. I want... I want... Truth, justice, and the American way. And I think there's plenty of Democrats all across this country that are hardworking people that feel the same way. They're tired of getting the shaft. They're tired of being told that they're the problem. They're tired of being told that, uh, you know, uh, they'll never make it. When they know, when they're talking to their friends in the coffee shop, we could fix this, guys. We could fix this. You know what the problem is. They really believe they can fix it because they can fix it in their own town, in their own life. So what they're looking for is somebody that's not insane, somebody that doesn't want the fundamental transformation of America, and somebody that's an outsider. They're looking for Donald Trump which is why 18% of those who voted for Donald Trump were Democrats. They're looking for someone who just, you know who Donald Trump is. Is there any question in your mind? You'd know, you know, yesterday I saw the news report, Donald Trump broke his record for tweets yesterday. My response was, really? Of course he did. We know who he is. Imperfections at all. We know who he is. 
And you're willing to accept that because as insane as he might seem or insane as uh, his his actions might seem to people. His actions on the world stage, what he's actually done, not what he said, what he's actually done, not insane. What he's actually done with the economy, it's working. Seems to be going really well. Imagine what it would be if he took those insane trade tariffs away. But you know what? It's okay right now. What he did with Iran? That was insane. No, it wasn't. Seemed to have worked. Seemed to have worked, at least temporarily. But they're always going to be a problem. People are looking for somebody not to not look nuts. They don't care. They knew Donald Trump looked nuts. They knew he looked like he wasn't presidential. I said that in 2007. If Barack Obama gets into office, he is so slick. We're going to have a guy who has a gravy stain on his tie and stands up and maybe he farts during his speech. Is like, <laughs> we all fought, huh? That's who we have. That's who we have. And everybody looks at the outside packaging of Donald Trump. The over-the-top, everything-is-perfect Donald Trump. And they know, (laughs) I don't know how he does it, but he does it. Now, if his administration was putting together the insanity of an agenda that was as insane as his tweets and everything else... He would be gone. He would at least not be uh, uh, reelected. But it's not. That's the packaging. The substance is different than the packaging. And people know that because they feel safe. They feel like, you know, there's encroachments on things, but we're okay. At least the president's not crazy and listening to you know, crazy people on either side. And he's doing things that we all wanted to do. I mean, what did Democrats want? They wanted an end to these endless wars. What did many Republicans want in 2008? An end to these endless wars. We don't want to be lied to. We don't want people undercover doing things where they're enriching themselves or they're getting us entangled into foreign affairs without even talking to us about it. We just want to be left alone and be able to do our work. And we still also want to be charitable. So when they look, when the Democrats look at Bernie Sanders, there's always going to be, I mean, it should be about 10%. But I think we're up to maybe 20 or 30% of this population that is now willing on the Democratic side to go to war. I'll have a revolution. I think it's around 10%, but it could be as high as 30 warren doesn't have the same uh the same effect on the voter as bernie sanders does but she also doesn't have she has more of the corrupt establishment air that hurts her and he has more of the yeah soviet gulags were great air to keep his numbers suppressed But the vast majority of people are not looking for the corrupt establishment. They're not looking for the 
the the rebel and revolutionary on any issue anymore. They've been revolutionized enough for a while. Can we just sit down and relax for a minute? They're looking for somebody that has hope and change. Joe Biden doesn't have that. He doesn't have that. But Joe Biden, what he does have is the feeling that he's not a revolutionary. He doesn't want to overturn all of American history and fundamentally transform things. And that's enough. And I'll give you the evidence of this in one minute. Okay, so now let me give you let me give you an example. And this is what this is what uh, is is hurting the Democratic Party. And the first one was done by Biden. And if Biden wants to win, which I'm not sure if Biden wants to win, he should stop saying things like this. Yesterday in Iowa, uh, he said that if ICE agents, if they deport illegal aliens for criminal offenses that aren't felonies, and uh, he says drunk driving doesn't count as a felony, then he's going to fire that ICE agent. What? What? First of all, in most states, if you get a felony for drunk driving, it's not the first time. You get a felony for drunk driving, it's because you've been stopped several times or you have been really reckless and either hurt somebody or almost really hurt somebody. That's the only way you get a felony, and that's what all Americans get. What are you talking about? So a special rule, and he says, I know we're not even going to ICE as an agency. If they try to evict somebody who is not a felon in this country, and he, he emphasized that twice, in this country, so in other words, they could be a felon in their last country, but he won't deport them. That is not something that the average person wants, whether they whether they say that out loud or not. And when you put people like this and policies like this coupled right next to people like Elon Omar, last night I did a special on Elon Omar. While she has been denouncing the Jews and President Trump, she's not paying attention to Minneapolis. Robbery has sur- uh, has surged in Minneapolis since she's been around. 46%. Up 46%. Okay, well, maybe that's not her. Maybe that's just the... Maybe that's just the Attorney General. Oh, I could very well be Keith Ellison. But let me give you some FBI statistics. In her district... It has become the terrorist recruitment capital of the U.S. More people in Elon Omar's district have either joined or attempted to join terrorist organizations more there than any other place in the entire country. So you can say what you want, Democrats, that we don't like her because she's Muslim or a woman or a refugee. None of that is true. And when people are weighing who they're going to vote for, they don't want to vote for people who are in bed with that kind of a radical. When you have when you have in North Carolina, the Bladen County Board of Elections saying that they are not going to uh, 
stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. That's there's a difference between saying, you know, I don't like all this jingoistic stuff and people now who are openly declaring this country and this flag is racist. That's not where the average person lives. That's not where the average Democrat lives. When you hear the extremists say climate change through predatory capitalism is going to end the world in 10 to 12 years. By the way, John Cusack, that should be eight years because we've already, you know, we've already had years pass since this first came out. Listen to Greta. She said eight years just the other day. Listen to Greta. She knows. Greta's the authority. It is. This is this is why Donald Trump is winning. This is why the radicals will not be elected. So one of the reasons why Bernie Sanders is doing well is because he does have a lot of the Donald Trump uh, attitude. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. He's not buttoned up. He looks like the seagull from Little Mermaid. Um, he's angry and and nasty to people. Did you see the Tom Steyer thing where he was on video and, and Tom Steyer came over to talk to him? And he just, and just, Bernie just shoved him away. Oh, yeah. Like, get away from me. He is. But that's one thing that Americans want. Is Bernie Sanders more sane than Donald Trump? Not even. Not even. Oh, God, no. Yeah, not even. He's just different uh, in uh, his personality traits, but he's yeah. just as... And it's a remix of sort of the same brand in some ways. It is. You know, Bernie's much more ideological than Trump, right? Yes. Like, I mean, he's just and a that's committed what hurts socialist. Him. Yeah. That's what hurts him. People don't want the... So- I'm saying the average American yeah. do not want the socialism from Bernie Sanders. But they are attracted to this guy who's like, let me just tell you like it is. Yeah. Well, I a- hate that guy. He's got a funny looking nose. That's Bernie Sanders. And that's Donald Trump. That was Ron Paul in yes. some ways, too. Yes. Like it, what, they didn't necessarily love his libertarian ideology. You see that, obviously. I mean, look at the, the state of our politics. There's literally zero parties or politicians arguing for spending less right now. <laughs> no one cares about it at right. all. Uh, on the other hand, though. Ron Paul was dedicated to something. He seemingly really believed it, and he kind of just blurted stuff out. He looked like this kind of old, old uh, coot that would just be out there just screaming at people. And like, I, I don't care. I'm going to stand up, and I don't care what you think about me. That is, there's something very American about that, and something that, that people do love. I, I think right. they like that, no matter what the ideology behind it is. But but let's just ask yourself: If you're a Democrat, I think that you are the forgotten democrat if you are working right now transcribing this show for george soros and media matters well you're not the forgotten matter uh, uh, um, democrat you are the the socialist democrat or the democratic socialist that is pushing for revolution but let me talk to the average democrat all across the country with all the things that are going on in your city how would you feel if your city spent three hundred thousand dollars to stop Chick-fil-A from being at your at your regional airport. Well, I wanted them to spend $1 to do that. No. You should just what let them th- come in and do their thing. 
It's a sandwich and it's a yummy sandwich. It's not like it's, you know, it's not like you bite into it and you're like, hmm, you know, not only is this a good sandwich, but gosh darn it, Jesus saves. It's not happening. Uh, sometimes it is a religious experience, <laughs> yeah, yes, I've heard. But, yes. yeah. but it's not. It. What are you doing? Right. What are you doing? $300,000. This is San Antonio. Spending $300,000 in Texas mm. to stop Chick-fil-A from being at an airport. At an port. airport. Who cares? Yeah, it's funny. The people, they don't want, they don't want Chick-fil-A serving its sandwiches at an airport because that violates that whole thing. But, I mean, do you think they actually care about, uh, if you try to make immigration restrictions from war-torn nations from flying into their airport, the same people would be out there saying, you can't stop Syrians. <laughs> Assad wants to land in San Antonio. He lands in San Antonio. It, how would How would you feel? If you found out your city was going to spend $300,000 to make sure that CNN wasn't in the lounge on television at your at your airport. Right. I mean, do I want CNN in the lounge? Probably no. not. Do, do I, I, care I care at all? No. no. I walk by and I don't watch it. Right. And, and I, I laugh you at it. And- if you think Chick- Chick-fil-A sandwiches turn you into someone who doesn't like gay people, then you cannot go there. Right, because I know yeah, that's a big risk. If if your if your feelings are so strong on the subject that you think a nugget might change them, then yes, okay, you know, just don't eat a Chick Fil A. You can handle it. So let me ask you: After that, Democrats, you want more of that or less of that? You want somebody telling everybody and spending your money to force people to be woke? Are our voters not answering that question though? Right yeah, now, they are. They and are. they're saying, no, we don't want that. Yep. Like, you know, why is Joe Biden, who is objectively a terrible presidential candidate, the man can't get through three consecutive sentences without, you know, his car engine stalling. He, like, he just stops mid-word, and then he has to crank the engine. He goes out in the front of the car with an old-timey crank and cranks the engine back up to get through the rest of the sentence. That's what Joe Biden does. He's a objectively terrible presidential candidate. However... For some reason, he continues to lead this field, and it's because all of these other people, let me give you some, uh, Kamala Harris, uh, Bill de Blasio, Kirsten Gillibrand, um, uh, uh, Jay Inslee, uh, let's see, Cory Booker, Eric Swalwell, Bob Frank O'Rourke. These people, Frank these people, I forgot about him. I know, him. he's already forgotten oh completely. Oh my gosh. These people all walked in there. And said uh, to voters, we swear we're more woke slash socialist than everyone else in this field. They in all fact, raced into the woke primary. In fact, I want to apologize that I'm a white man. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, Kirsten Gillibrand said that. She's like, I am up here telling you, I want to explain to you, I'm going to femsplain to you why I as a white woman have white privilege. Now, that is I mean, Tom Steyer's on stage saying, you know what? I'm a billionaire. You know who sucks billionaires? Just shut up. all nonsense, right? So all, all of these people, with the exception of two, have been burned by this whole woke primary idea. And the only two people who haven't been burned by it are Warren and Sanders. And it's because for them, it's authentic, right? Mm. Like they're authentically socialists. I think it's yes. true. Yes, they're Warren authentically lies about being more moderate because she doesn't want to quite be Bernie. Yes. But they're both the same. Mm-hmm. They're both socialists. They're both mm-hmm. the most woke you can possibly be. And so they've been able to capture 
that wing of the Democratic Party. Everyone else has been burned by this approach. And people like Andrew Yang, who have gone the other direction and just tried to be normal, keep hanging around and raising tons of money. Okay, so that is that goes to that goes to the main point going back to the regular Democrat. Do you know of a regular Democrat that is not all tied up into politics? That is a guy, white guy, owns a company, successful, built it himself, blah, 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 that is ashamed of being white? No. Now, is there something to be said about, you know, we have a lot of privilege, not just as white people, but all Americans. We have a lot of privilege, and we should walk around a little more humbly, and we should, yes. And and that's why I go to church, because I get that message at church. Mm Mm-hmm. But to to whip ourselves because, oh, my gosh, I was born into privilege is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And everybody knows. It. And, and it's 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 uh, an anti Christ message. The woke atmosphere is an anti Christ message, not meaning that it came from the Antichrist, but it is the opposite of Christ. There's no forgiveness. There's no humility. You, in fact, if you're woke, you can and should pound your chest. I'm the most woke person here. Who's who wants to go to that church? Mm. Who wants to go to the church where the priest is like, I'm really the only woke person here? The candidates and the media want that. The voters, even on the Democratic side, don't want it. No, they don't. And that's why a lot of them last time voted for Donald Trump and and why a lot of them this time will vote for Donald Trump. And they don't get it yet. San Francisco will no longer seek cash bail in criminal cases. So if you've committed a crime, they just want a pinky promise and they just want to know that you're not going to go do something. They're not going to require you to put cash down because that's elitist. Oh, well, I super, super promise. California police are now warning the public not to attack a sexual predator with tattoos all over his face. His name is Pirate. That's his legal name, Pirate. Hmm. He's a dangerous sexual predator. Hmm. Police are warning him, hey, or warning people, hey, leave him alone. He's just like you. Well, I don't want him beaten in the streets, but I'm going to notice him. Have you had enough yet? The answer to that question is yes. And let me let me show you how deeply it goes. When JT and Mary Joe Turnipseed moved to this sleepy little town in Star I uh, called Star Idaho, a town of 6000, they thought they had found the perfect place to retire from the stress of Southern California. They loved the smell of mint that drifted in from the farms and how the neighbors knew each other by name and the general store that reminded them of the small town Iowa where they had both grown up. But that was six years ago. Since then, Star, about 30 minutes of West Boise, uh, has become one of the fastest-growing cities in Idaho, one of the fastest-growing states in the nation. Over the past nine years, Star's population has doubled to more than 10,000. More growth has come from people like the turnip seeds who uprooted from the West Coast to the greater Boise area, known as the Treasure Valley. Drawn by the promise of less stressful and more affordable living, by, 24, by 2040, Star's population could surpass 35,000. Now they're grappling with some of the same problems the turnip seeds left California to escape. And this whole story is, well, let me just give you this from Ms. Turnipseed. Can't believe I'm giving you a story from Ms. Turnipseed from California, but 
She said, we're really afraid this is going to turn into what we left. Yes, it is. There's no place to escape from it. You can't destroy one place and then go, wow, this place sucks, and then move to another with all of your friends from that place because it's going to eventually suck because you're missing the point. All of this woke bullcrap, all of this uh, all of this socialism. There's no socialism on the mint farm in Idaho. People are not neighborly because the government tells them to. It's because they all work together because they want to. It's what we used to call being an American. And I don't think that the field represents that at all. But Joe Biden is the only one with a whiff of it that people think have a chance to win. But because of three things that Donald Trump has going for him, they're not going to win. And it's this, as of today, the economy, people feel secure. And he's not pursuing insane, woke, socialist, anti-capitalist, country-destroying policies. He may write crazy things. But when you look at your life, people are going to look at their life and go, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty okay with this. I don't like everything, but I'm pretty okay with this. I, these people, these people are crazy, I think. You know, what's amazing is uh, West Virginia now is scrambling uh, to see if there's any way to let counties from Virginia join West Virginia. Can you do that still? I, I thought constitutionally, you, no, you couldn't create a new state out of a state, right? You, well, unless you have the approval of the uh, state legislature. Right. Um, however, you can do it in Washington, D.C. without that approval, which is one of the kind of crazy left-wing legal theories going around. Create 177 states or something, or 150 states out of uh, out of Washington, D.C., you get 150 liberal states that will approve all of your amendments, and then you can amend the Constitution at will. This is like a legitimate thing. It was proposed in the Harvard Law Review recently. Do you really think the American people would stand for that? It's hard to imagine that that's not like almost like civil war causing. That's civil right? war cause. That's right? a I mean, civil it, war cause. That's because that's just a total. I mean, it's technically, in theory, constitutional, and and if, you only need three out of four. If that's what, if that's the game played, I would not recognize the government that would do that as yeah. as a constitution. As but remember. Governments are instituted among men yeah. to protect these rights. Right. And so this would the, be trampling them. Trampling and them. And to the point of that, a state, a, like a normal U.S. state, would be like two blocks in Washington, D.C. And they would car- carve it out so they were all left-wing states, because you know, it's 90% vote Democrat anyway. Carve it out so it's all left-wing states, and then they could approve... Only Washington D.C. could change the laws in the Constitution. That's something that Harvard said. Yeah, that's like Donald Trump. You know, sitting on the crapper at three a.m. going, "This is going to drive them nuts." Yeah, you know what I mean. I think that's somebody at Harvard just trolling. I don't think it's a legitimate reality. Right. However, it is theoretically possible and being proposed, obviously, by serious people. 
in the Harvard Law Review, and it's, it has some support. I mean, you know, also people like Vox supported it. Vox was like, you know, we don't agree with this plan to to uh, institute another 130 states in Washington D.C. Should be 150 because then you don't have to depend on any of the other states. The bottom line legislation here in uh, West Virginia, in the spirit of conciliation, the legislature of West Virginia hereby extends an invitation to our fellow Virginians who wish to do so to join us in our noble experiment of 156 years of separation from the government of Richmond. Wow. Take a second.